Okay. All right. <laughs> Rorschach's Journal, October 12th, 1985. Dog carcass in alley this morning. Tire tread on burst stomach. This city's afraid of me. I've seen its true face. The streets are extended gutters, and the gutters are full of blood. And when the drains finally scab over, all the vermin will drown. The accumulated filth of all their sex and murder will foam up around their waists. And all the whores and politicians will look up and shout, Save us. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, episode 400 and what is it? 10? Yeah, 410. Mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. I'm Scott Johnson. Joining me today, Brian Blue Ween Dunaway. <laughs> Blue Weenie. Oh, hi. Yeah, I'm here on Mars just looking at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Hey, look, it's Jupiter on Mars. That your eyes get so red. Oh, right, right. Spoiler, the comedian is your dad. And what the hell is on Rorschach's head? Give me back my face. Yeah, he's so crazy. You're locked up in here with me. <laughs> Face full of bowling fried juice. Well, that guy is a comedian, unlike your dad. Yep, Borshak, a funny guy. All the way up to the part where he has to be exploded. Then, well, the jury's out on that. It's Rorschach-shaped blood splatter. What do you see? Anywho, look at the time. It's 3 a.m., time to go out and do something stupid. Like, uh, like shoot fire out of an owl's face. That's right. That's right. That that intro was abst- as abstract as a as Rorschach's face. Also, by the way, don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, don't do drugs. <laughs> for a moment, you reminded me of Mike Myers in "So I Married an Axe Murderer." Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> gonna, gonna gonna do a little little category there. Yeah. Yeah. Why uh, I, I, category. I, for some, huh? Yeah. So, uh, so it's categorical. Uh, so yeah, the 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 for, for some reason I started singing Nickelback when uh, look when at Blue- this photograph. Look at this photograph <laughs> makes me laugh. Right. <laughs> uh, very nice. Also with us, Randy Blue Ween Jordan. Hello, Wait. Hi, Scott. Brian. Hi. Brian. What? Hi. Huh? What? Go ahead. Yeah. Wait, but I thought I was blue. Oh, I thought you. No, you're both blue Ween. Don't worry about it. I Keep going. Everybody's gonna be blue There might be there might be a theme going here. Randy Deluxe Shack Journal, February 9. Why is that extra R in February? Who put it there? I'm going to find out. Because I hate that person, and I especially hate their hands. I'm going to break their hands so that they never put unnecessary R's in common words. And then, when the city sees that person with their broken hands, the city will cry out, What is this scene? And I'll say, 
Just pull back or zoom in and you'll see it's a smiley face and the city won't care except for the 13-year-old boys who will think the smiley faces everywhere are super deep and meaningful because of war or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad they deleted that scene because uh, it was getting kind of long. So I'm... But I appreciate you bringing it here. I oh, do, yeah. I no, do I like don't. I don't even, I've never seen the, the extended, so what you just described is new to me. I don't know what that is. <laughs> we'll talk about it on the show. Also yeah. with us, and finally, Brian Blue Ween Ibbett. <laughs> what gross got out the most? Uh, and, and I'm going to start out by giving uh, Randy a lozenge. Okay, here we go. Come gather round, people, wherever you roam, and watch a film based on an Alan Moore tome. Even though Alan Moore says to leave it alone, oh, the Watchmen need some explaining. Now, don't get me wrong, the Watchmen comic was the best. To find a more iconic one, it would be a test. But make a movie series that might have been best, for the Watchmen needs some rearranging. <laughs> I didn't hate the movie, don't get me wrong, kid. The casting was one of the best things Zack Snyder did, and I don't miss the appearance of a giant psychic squid. Oh, the Watchmen's about to get some film sacking. <laughs> wow. Very nice. Good job. Thank you. Wow. That's that was, my that favorite. My favorite. Uh, one of my favorite movie intros of ever of all time. Yes. By the way, yes. well, I love Opening that. Opening credit. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. One scenes. of the best. Uh, all right. So if it isn't obvious, one of the longest. Like, uh, like let's oh, let's, yeah. let's make sure we also say that everything about the movie was wrong. Long, including the opening <laughs> credits, which was four minutes long. Yeah, like, it was a that's beast. unbelievable. Yes, but so entertaining to watch. Right. Well, I mean, usually what happens is credits pop as stories being told. This was this montage sort of historical record. It's of, a setup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was done in a way that, like in the old Hollywood days, they'd run all the credit. We've done this with a couple of movies here. They'll do all the credits in the beginning. At the end of the movie, there's none. It just ends. There's a the end, and then you're out. And those used to be kind of long <laughs> because they'd cram it all in at once. This was like a middle ground. It's like a weird decision thing and, plus it had a you and, know it right. had a it had a cold open and then and then credits rolled which is and i weird. was actually disappointed in the credits no i was disappointed in the overall editing of the film because the credits sequence which is a which is a, a storyboarding should have told me the backstory that the movie wasn't going to mm. and many times it told me story that the movie then told me again yeah and it was like uh -huh. you didn't need to do that like you can trust me to get it and like i like i really enjoyed the whole sequence where we find out how dr manhattan was made mm -hmm. i thought that was like really mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. and i don't understand what it's doing where it is mm -hmm. when it could have been in the backstory while the backstory has all of this stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the current plot of the rest of the film. Well, I I'm going to I'm going to not disagree because I think it is I think if you're especially if you're somebody who comes to this and it's this is going to sound like the typical nerd thing to say about how um, if you haven't seen the movie or sorry, if you haven't read the comic book, then the movie's you know, the movie's not as good as the comic and all that. I'm not talking about that. What I'm going to say here is order in which this should be seen. I am a big proponent in this particular case, because this isn't true of everything, uh, but in this particular case, I really do think reading that comic book, that graphic novel run, that, that trade paperback, reading that first, and then seeing this movie is the absolute direction to go. And 
It's not because I, I think if you saw this first and then went back to the comic, you're going to miss the genius somehow. Like, it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say. Because I, because when you read something, you put the voices in your own head. Your 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 internal narrator decides how things sound and how things what the tone is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like if if a movie gives you all of that, then you just go apply it to the comic and you never experience the creative thing for yourself. Yeah. Now I wow. I feel differently about some movies and things. Like I'll I'll see a movie and and then read the book later and I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that normally. But I do think that's important here. That being said, that is not me saying that this is a lesser or this is a problem for the film because I love this movie. I I like it long. I like what it is. I like the. I've never seen the extended thing. I hear that's even better, but also that's longer. So some may just roll their eyes and go, "Ugh, I can't go much longer than it already is." Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as as comic book adaptations go, especially one that is so hallowed and such a, a complex piece of work to begin with. I think this is a really, really valiant attempt to get it right. And I think he comes as close as anybody would. This is Zack Snyder back when I think he was really hungry after, for it and going for it. Yeah, this is right after uh, 300. Yeah, 300. Yeah, and I, before that, the, I, the Dawn of the Dead remake. And then, you know, right. it's after this, things started going weird for him. And we got Sucker Punch and then the DC movies and all of that. See, I, that's the thing. I think I think he was getting to to where he was going. And I've talked about in the past. I like Sucker Punch and I like... No, I love this You're movie. Crazy. I you yeah. can call crazy me crazy like if you a sucker punch. You can you can call me crazy if you want to, but th- there there is a a uh there is a emotional style that Zack Snyder brings to the screen that appeals to me. Uh, I'm not the oh, only yeah. person. And so I mean I, I think I find I find enjoyment of that. I didn't mind the repetitiveness of the story, the layering of the story over and over again. Because the visual things that were happening were were satisfactory to me, they 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 yeah. satisfied uh, me. But I certainly know that that's the biggest criticism of this film is that uh, a lot of people feel like he showed too much reverence to the comic or the graphic novel. Don't tell more of that. See, more I, disagrees. Well, he he preemptively disagrees. Like he doesn't. Right. It doesn't right, matter yeah. what anyone. He sold the rights for that stuff a long time ago. He claims it because he was young and dumb and. You know, he preemptively says, I don't care who's doing it, what they're doing or how they're doing it. I don't want I, I, that's a terrible idea. Boom. Done. Like, he doesn't care. Exactly. Yeah. I doubt he's seen I, it, honestly. Like, why would he be? I question. It? Uh, have we all read the comic, by the way? Yes. Yes. Multiple I'm, I'm times. actually curious about about when we read the comic, because for me, I read it when I was a teenager. And then again, maybe like. 10 years ago when mm. the movie came out originally, but I didn't see the film. This is my first viewing of this film. Mm. And oh, wow. I like, I remember, I remember things, but I don't remember, like I don't have this like clear crystal version of that comic in my mind. Mm. And so like, I, I was really forgiving with this movie and I'm, I'm curious if anybody's like looked at the comic lately or just reveres it. And well, I have one right movie. here and I'm going mm-hmm. to be reading it again. Cause now I'm in the mood. Yeah. Um, but this is yeah. like my fifth time through that book and I love it. It's just one of the greatest things ever. And I think that, and, and the, the basis for my original question is, um, I, I like the film, but I think I like it because I like the, the, the comic so much. And I feel like without the comic and all that back stuff that the comic is able to do over 12 issues, uh, setting up characters and giving us two dimensional, um, two-dimensional characters the the film doesn't 
do any of that. And on its own, if it were to stand on its own, I don't think it would be as good. I think I don't disagree with that. I think that's why I like the order of read it, then see mm-hmm. it. Yes. Because what yes. you get is your fandom realization of what you read and love. So instead of instead of what the hell is this I'm watching, you get, ooh, look how cool they made Dr. Manhattan. They really got that. They nailed that. Well, not so much mm-hmm. with so-and-so. But, you know, you can look at it with eyes of... you. you <laughs> What's a, I can't think of another example of this, but it's 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 like, you know, you could get away with an MCU movie now that you've never read the comic. You have no idea what it is, but you can totally relate mm-hmm. to Captain America or something, right? Like, sure. it just makes sense. The Guardians of the Galaxy or, right. Sure. Mm-hmm. This is material that is not that. It's it's more complex. It's dark. It's different. It's saying something about society. It's got all these messages. It's got all this Alan Moore to it, right? Right. And you have it's, to... It's got, it's got themes. It's got layers. Yeah. Complexity. You got to dig through it and... And it's dark yeah. and it's twisted and it's all these things. There wasn't as much wiener in this as I remember. No, it's less wean. It's less wean than you think. <laughs> it must have been the, yeah, it must it's been a the whole edit. Lot less ween. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't even think it's the edit. I think it's the. <clears throat> I saw it in a giant theater theater with you know four hundred <laughs> people, and I think we all were just like, whoa, big blue whoa, animated big wiener. Blue ween. And in my yeah. head, there was a scene in the theater where it was like a big close up of the ween. There wasn't. Yeah. Really. There wasn't. I'm oh not, really? Not oh, I don't ever remember that. I don't think. I think I do. I remember it was like early on. It was like almost the first introduction of him at the theater that I remember seeing, you know, like they just put it right in your face. Well, that's what and I thought I, they were going to do when he was I, giant. And I went, "Uh oh, this is that part oh, I yeah, remember. It, and they didn't they kind of cut it off. Yeah, and no, didn't really show I feel it. like it was going to be uh, or if I if I remembered it, it was the only time I remember seeing it in the theaters was when he's um, multitasking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ackerman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But I, but I found <laughs> multitasking. Nice. That's a perfect way to say that. But I really, really. So there, there, are, there are parts of it. Again, Brian's right. If you don't have the context of the book, I think it's way less effective. But when you do, uh, treatment on certain characters really stands out as awesome. I think Doctor Manhattan is incredibly well realized, and right, it's everything That's- I wanted out of that character. I love more than the comic, even because in the comic he's just kind of sterile to me. Yeah. In this, yeah. you get the real emotions surrounding him, his lack of emotions and understanding, uh, him narrating his time through what his experience was and how he's detaching himself from human reality and, and his brain so, is way more. And I'd cosmos. argue that, that out of all the characters, Dr. Manhattan is the only one that gets really that that motivation and character level fleshed out. I feel like oh, yeah. Night Owl is a guy in a suit. A guy in and, a suit. And, and so is Ozymandias. And, and that's the yeah. thing. Like, mm-hmm. this, the movie is making a statement here about uh, superheroes that the book definitely makes, but doesn't make to this degree. Mm. You know, like where, where I, I, I don't know how you, read, how you read this one scene where Night Owl tries to have sex with uh, Silk Spectre 2. Right, and but he's. I, I but think he's been, he can't get it up. I think that's what yeah, we're being well, told. Be, yeah, because I think he finishes. Because I think he just finishes. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a, a relatable idea, right? He's supposed yeah. to be but, going through like a midlife the, crisis and has no the, confidence. But the movie is overstating that these are just you know guys in suits, whereas like uh, Doctor Manhattan, like you say, is so fully realized. He's such a he's such a a, a, a character, a complete character, where with a lot of the other characters, I feel like, oh, anybody could have done that. You know, like, it, it, that, yeah. that's just that's just an any man right there. And, like, Billy Crudup, by the way, was having a moment during this decade uh, that this movie was made. Like, I like him a lot. He was in Almost Famous, and he was in The Passion of the Christ, and he was in, not The Passion of the Christ, um, 
sorry, that's uh, the other guy that's just like him. Yeah, <laughs> Jim Caviezel. Sorry, yeah, Jim Caviezel. Yeah, yeah. But but like Billy Crudup was having a moment, and I find it fascinating that he is not really seen in this film. There's one scene mm-hmm. of of him before he changes into Doctor Manhattan. You get to actually see him, and it's like. Well, it's I, I don't know. Scenes, I, I felt yeah. like he was just had a fantastic job of acting. Oh, like, he's the best his, actor in the film. He's for me. easily the best thing in it, in it. and it's just yeah. so well handled and subtle and and quiet and ah, just I love the portrayal. But I would also say that I think Rorschach was done really well. I think everything about yeah. Rorschach nailed it. I think mm-hmm. that uh, okay. yeah. what's his name who plays him was incredible. Jackie, for the, Jackie, Jackie Haley. Haley, Jackie yeah. Haley, or whatever it is, the guy from uh, I, my only memory of him before this was uh, uh, Bad News Bears because he was one of the kids. <laughs> for me, right, it was right. uh, the bicycle movie. Um, uh, oh shoot! Which I can't remember the name of. Cutters. Uh, breaking away. Oh, breaking! He wasn't breaking away. He was probably was what, like away, yeah. seventeen in that or Man, something. Man, yeah. they did a fantastic job, just all around, just convincing me that he was he was capable of doing these crazy things. He's kind of a smaller fella, but yeah, yeah. they absolutely yeah, convinced is, me yeah. that this he was so just like. like when 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 he finally gets unmasked, and I'm like, oh, it's poor man's David Caruso. I, I that was such a letdown, and then and then when that guy starts acting without the mask on, I'm like, oh, okay, wow, way better than David Caruso. Yeah. Hey, for some, hold on, quick second, one sec. But yeah, Jackie, okay, Jackie, uh, Jackie, Earl, Jackie Earl Haley, Haley. Yeah. yeah, amazing. But he me. like the the Rorschach character in the comic obviously is this is in some ways the conscience of the comic, but then things take a turn, and and you realize that Rorschach for all his his like hero duty and and the things you know he's he's a hard boiled detective who's actually getting yeah. to the bottom of things and putting bad people in jail <clears throat> and spent a long time doing that now we're in this phase where nobody knows who they really are and he's looked at as a criminal or whatever you get the mask off and you go dude you're kind of insane you're just kind of insane mm-hmm. and it's so ah, he's so good at it when, you, when every time he yells and I want my face back and he's just spitting everywhere and he's had all these horrible life experiences and his flashbacks were cool. Like he's awesome, and probably in my mind, I thought that year should have won like a. I would have given him a, like a best supporting actor yeah. nod or there's, something. There's a lot of gore in this film, like a lot. I I was I wasn't prepared for how gory it is, and even are you talking about the splotings? Just everything, like yeah, there, I mean, the, yeah, the splittings and bones and like yeah. Zach Zack Snyder sacrifices a lot of time for story to give you action sequences that, uh, honestly, it's a little uh, protracted. I I could have I could have done with less action and a little more explanation. I loved I loved but, every minute of it. But um, when like when uh, Rorschach is in his jail cell. And he's uh, obsessively murdering someone by the hands, and then they're getting their uh, arms chopped off with a chop saw and whatnot. Like, look at him, and he's actually like he's actually doing a good job of acting. It's really yeah. remarkable, mm-hmm, like because mm-hmm. he doesn't just like give it all over to the action. Oh, this is just action. I don't have to. Yeah. I don't. I don't have to do anything. Like, I really felt like he was that character. Yeah, and the prison stuff's amazing. That little uh, little mm-hmm. tiny guy, big figure. Love his name. Right. Um, he's uh, yeah. he's um, Seinfeld. He's Seinfeld. Yeah, he's the Kramer's Seinfeld friend. Kramer friend. Yeah, I love that. He yeah. was great in that. Like, I love the. I love just them touching or brushing on these super villains, 
mm-hmm. like him and the Moloch. Matt Frewer character. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. The, and, and and doing it so lightly that I my brain gets to fill in the rest. In their heyday, what were they doing? Like right. And and again, Moloch I think is developed as a character better than Night Owl or Silk Spectre Two. I mean, Silk Spectre Two's only motivation is um, finding out that her her um her mother was raped or attempted rape right. finding out that you know seeing the 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 fighting going on but there's nothing else even around the whole dr manhattan uh and and night owl love situation there's really no depth there, into her like, like I, right i but I, I think i think uh, but i think that was the point we don't they didn't need to be deep because they represented humanity right that that's what I don't they know i want to care more about there. these characters in the movie and i care about them in the comic more than I, there's nothing i would say oh they should have cut this to make the movie shorter they really just should have made it a couple movies like Part a kill two. bill yeah, situation yeah. right where yeah. you film them both at the same time you release them six months apart back to the future two and three kill bill um, that sort of thing. That's why I'm really excited about the the Lindelof because um, even HBO it, series. oh yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, that's the thing we got to talk about. How what do they do there? Like it, now that they've got long form, do they mm-hmm. go? Do they? They're not going to tell the comic book story. I assume they're going to go and just tell stories of this this complex bunch of weirdos in in their heyday or something. I assume it can't. I don't know. Can't just I don't know. I think sti- they could do they could do the comic story, but they could really just slow burn it and have the first several episodes be the Minuteman and the, the formation and, and then the keen act. And um, I don't think we need, I don't think we need this particular story, this, and, and for, again, if you've, if you've never read or watched this, you need to, uh, mm-hmm. it, there's a, there's a lot to, you know, to absorb, but the, you know, the big spoiler of it all is kind of a letdown. I'm sorry. It's not a very complicated idea. That you have to kill a bunch of people to cause peace and to avert war. Yeah. It's like right. that, that. That's. I'm sorry. That just lets me down every every time I think about it. I'm just like, oh, it's too bad there wasn't something more uh, interesting at the end of all this. You wanted but, more out of the world's smartest man, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But but you don't need that at all in an HBO series. You don't. That does not have to be present at all. Mm-hmm. You can tell stories. You can serialize it, or you can have a huge ten episode story arc, right? Like, uh, you know, like something like Stranger Things goes. You know what I mean? There's just really one story over ten episodes. Mm-hmm. That that's that would be great. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but we're gonna hang a lot of our hopes on who they cast in these roles. And we've heard about some casting already, and there's already some. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the only the only confirmed casting. I mean, we know who's gonna be in it: Regina King, Don, Don Johnson. And who I'm sure is going to be like uh, Night Owl one or or um, right right. Uh, boy, I can't remember the guy. Who Hollis. would it be? It would have to be Hollis in the current day, though. I would right? think it would be Hollis in the current day. Yeah. But the only one that's totally confirmed is Jeremy Irons is going to be Ozymandias, oh which, which I, I like. I really that. like. Oh no, he's like perfect, that. but he's a, he's old as shit. He's so old, he old, right? Shit. Yeah, like yeah. please, please don't let Don Johnson be comedian, please. Well, the cre- the reason I'm asking is mm. that. I'm not saying being old is a problem. I'm saying that that gives me that makes me wonder when when they're setting this in. Like, yeah, right. Is Ozymandias like that guy? Uh, here's the the problem with him in the movie, in my opinion, and the book does so much better. Uh, and it, and it's and, and by the way, I think it's the most egregious example of it. I think uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre Two and all these other people were way more fleshed out than even he was because he shows up for a little bit, lets you know that he's Mister Brainiac and has a lot of money, and then you get no anything from him 
until they get up to the pole and and follow all this through and then suddenly he's monologuing then suddenly he's the big maniacal idea of killing everybody for peace and blah 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 so yeah you don't get a chance to like him or hate him before you find out he's been orchestrating all this and you're supposed to i just want to say you're supposed to like and hate everybody like that's the thing you're supposed to find the two sides of every coin in this story and for example, with even with comedian who is not likable, he he pushes through. Negan is like he has this thing where you can't help but kind of sort of understand. Mm-hmm. You know, like you kind of get it. Yeah, he's, he plays yes. he plays that role a pretty good bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a bad guy. You know, but you you the movie takes you for a ride where you get a little bit of sympathy for comedian, and yeah. it's like. The you know you have to do that, and with Ozymandias, they didn't at all. Right? Yeah, I mean, where'd you get that cat from, man? Where'd you get that Sphinx? <laughs> yeah, I want I want to know more about the cat. The cat was in the <laughs> was in the comic, and I guess the comic didn't really explain right. it either. But um, I love it as a visual. It's like a really weird looking yeah. freaking cat. But I like the idea that yeah. we're just gonna we're just gonna plot this in here, and we're not gonna explain it all. Yeah. It's just like hey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Here's your here's your cat. That poor thing got the raw end of that deal. And also, I, I assume Doctor Manhattan now has a little bit of cat in him because they both got zapped in the whole <laughs> chamber. <laughs> or somewhere there's a giant blue naked cat walking around. I don't know, but <laughs> but there there is uh yeah that there that some some of that stuff's a problem. But this is again why I really support the idea of the comic first in this case because you can you will see it and go, oh yeah, they didn't really have the time or the whatever to figure out Ozymandias' full story arc. Uh, and you can say that with some authority because you've read the comic and you know, and you can right. and you can kind of forgive it. Like it, I that's how I this movie I feel that way about. Um, I know Ibit last night you said something very interesting to me. You said I've seen it like three times, and you think you might like it less each time. Do I've want, liked it less each time. Do you want to do you want to yeah. expa- expand on that? Do you think that's because of what hero movies are today? Do like I what think do you think so. that is? Yeah, and I think it feels um, uh, it feels like it's overwrought. It's it's. Uh, I mean, it should be a heavy film. There are a lot of heavy uh, things being covered in it. Nowhere have we had a you know talk of rape in any MCU film. No, um, and it's just such a heavy topic to bring up. And and uh, I hate that scene too. It just makes me. Want oh, to it, yeah, and, it's and, harsh. And, it yeah. is harsh. I mean, it's not uh, even I mean, a rape it, scene. It's like there's no rape. It's the hitting it, her and the. Yeah, it's just the idea it's, it's of a, all a, of that. It's definitely the assaults. There's, it's comedian going all Negan on her. Yeah, it's going full <laughs> yeah. Negan, and it's and it's really uncomfortable and terrible, and 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 rightly so. Like it's meant to. It is meant to leave that scar on you for your film for your watching of this movie. Um, I would. I really hate to be people who have experienced that kind of assault in real life who had to sit through that scene because I think the scene is ridiculously mm. authentic. And feels yeah. really ugh, like my gosh, and it's juxtaposed against this late fifties era uh, superhero mon- montage motif, where everybody looks like they're from the fifties, and so it's kind of discordant right. as well. Like, ah, it's just really, really I'm going really, away part or something. Yeah. But I think it is. I think it is the fact that you know, first time I saw it, midnight, the night it opened, went and saw it at the uh, the big screen theater down south. Um, really enjoyed it. Got it on Blu-ray as soon as it came out. Watched it again. I'm like, all right, yeah. And and, and did see the extended non-theatrical version when I watched it on Blu-ray. And I like the additional stuff. I'm trying to remember what the additional stuff is because now I'm more familiar with the the Blu-ray film as opposed to the theatrical cut. Mm, right. And so much has happened between then and now with character development in other movies, not just MCU, but um, Deadpool and... Uh, 
um, Spider-Man and, and stuff like that, where you get a lot more, a lot more character in your comic characters, a lot of more three D in your two D characters. Well, like Logan's a good example, right? Like Logan. Feels oh, like Logan's a, good... a great example. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Where, and where, that's a, yeah. that's a very good comparative because this is this this uh, neo noir kind of film, and to me, I don't need as rich developed characters. I need mood in my noir. Mm-hmm. Well, and and, uh, and I, I think like that. Is. Yeah. I think that the mood is actually what tells the story of why these things are declining. There's a time frame where people like Zack Snyder are making movies like 300. And I think the farther away we get from that time frame, the more we're going to rewatch it and go, oh, wow, why is boy movie yelling at me? Mm, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it just that frame. And I'll bet you that we could name a bunch of other films that are in that that time period that were made by people like him. And they don't oh, have... like him. What's that supposed to mean? With guys <laughs> named Snyder? I, th- I think what yeah. it means is like if if Zack Snyder had gone on from these films and just kept um, getting better and and you know it, critically anyway, just continuing on an upward upward slope, we would have perhaps a different vision of him. But but these days it's just like ugh. I mean the fact that he's doing this Netflix deal with a bunch of new zombie stuff is very exciting to me because that brings him back to his. His roots, his early filmmaking, his sort of post uh, music video career, and then on to film. Like I want to mm-hmm. see what that is. So I'm actually really excited about a chance for Zack Snyder to show right. what he can you know, do. Always, and it's a reset I, a little bit. I don't know. As, as years as the years have gone by, I worry anytime I I watch films made by directors or acted in by actors who seem to be over the top. Or uh, especially when it comes to being graphical. And I was worried just for a minute. I'm like, am I supposed to be looking out for Zack Snyder? Is he liking any controversy going on right now? And I searched it and he's he seems to be okay. I don't see. Yeah, he's all right. He, the only downside. Accusations yet. He had one and of so his, like, uh, good. his daughter or son. Good. I can't remember which committed suicide. So there was a big mess yeah. there. And so he he's, he's been dealing with that, which makes, you know, that's obviously very sad. Um, but, you know, this was. I'm going to side with Dunaway on this. I want the tone of this to be right. And that's where I think he succeeded. There's a, there's the exchange toward the end between Manhattan and Rorschach. Oh, so uh, I, there's still nothing quite like it in a movie memory for me. Like, and yeah. I don't even mean the bloody ending. I just mean this, this, this place where Rorschach is now at, it's the last stand compromises. He still can't compromise. Like all of that stuff really yeah, resonates. Right. You're and just going to have to kill me or I'm going public with all. Yeah. This. Or else I'm out of here. And, and Manhattan, he did it anyway. And Manhattan's looking, there's a look he's giving him of like sad kind of tilted head. Like this is about Don't the maximum me. feelings I can have right now. And it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And Jackie Earl Haley he's, ripping he's that mask screaming. off and yelling yeah. and spitting as he yells and, it's just it's a, such a yeah. I mean, there's such a, a calm on one side and such a, a fury on the other. And Manhattan just has to squash yeah that that energy. And, and you know, uh, the, the Avengers just, and the and the Justice League and you know other super teams that all of this is sort of uh, satiring and you know and ripping apart or whatever. You never get this like this. No, this Batman depth of, has never been this angry. No, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. speaking of which, did you guys see? I don't know if anyone saw this. I mean, I confirmed it in the trivia, but I noticed it. There's a little um, reference at the beginning during the slow montage opening with uh, Bob Dylan singing where the owl, uh, the dad, the owl, uh, Night Owl One, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is 
stopping a dude with a gun. The gun's kind of firing in the air. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. supposed All to right. be the dude uh, who, uh, according to everything I read, and there's a little poster behind it that seems to confirm it, is he's the, he stops uh, the parents of Bruce Wayne that, from getting oh, shot. Right, right. Oh, really? Okay. Because so, so this their, is obviously alternate timeline yeah. from the rest of the So DC in their universe, alternate so. time timeline, Bruce Wayne just grows up like a normal rich kid and doesn't ever do anything. There's no Batman. I love that kind of stuff. That's yeah. a clever. Okay, I really like I that. So, yeah. what? There's a movie poster for the the play that. Uh, yeah, something the like that. Were seeing that night, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this fun little throwaway nod. You know, like no one's gonna notice that, but I remember seeing it during this watching. Didn't see it in theaters or the other time I saw this. And this time I kind of I saw that. I'm like, wait a minute, why is that familiar? And I started looking around, and the trivia says it was, it was indeed intentional. But oh yeah, look at that! So wow, the, that's cool. Isn't that cool? So like the the big trope of the film, like the 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 film like has a trope that it it means to uh, use from beginning to end is called uh, genre deconstruction mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and it's it's about uh you know it's about inverting everything that you think of as a comic book movie and a comic book hero or villain and it's about subverting all of these other tropes and so on and that's great and everything except I'm sorry, but when I see that there's Batman posters on the wall behind some of them, I'm like, okay, then how do you how do you put these together? Like, I I'm sorry, like I I want to go with you on what you just said about that the original uh, Watchmen stopped Batman's parents' killer, but then I see Batman over here, like in the very next shot, there's mm -hmm. a, the word Batman is on the wall. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I I don't know. It's like this movie constantly wants to have it have its cake and eat it too. There's a little bit of that. The comic never really does this. Um, the comic just assumes the universe. I mean, while, you know, while this was a, a, a published under, you know, DC or yeah, this was Vertigo or whatever. This it was. was all these. Yeah, th this was like a collection of characters that they had purchased from other comic series that was to make, yeah. make a team so they could do this right. thing. But like in the movie, Ozzy Mandius, and and again, this is genre deconstruction. Ozymandias is wearing an outfit that was designed to look like the outfits from Batman and Robin. Mm -hmm. Right. And like the bat nipple, that is the bat nipple costumes. Right. The rubber, mm -hmm. that, yeah. that, like mm -hmm. that you're supposed to be getting a trope subversion there. Mm -hmm. And that, that's just not in the comic. Mm -hmm. And it, and there's a, a good reason why it's not in the comic. It doesn't, that sort of thing doesn't help the story. Well, the man, the Ozymandias takes my stuff, away I, from the movie. I agree with you, the Ozymandias stuff, but I would say in the case of night owl, he is clearly our, he he's a weird combination of Superman and Batman. He's Batman right. in in the, the look. Yeah. You know, he's rich, he's got this crazy bunch of tech. There's the Batman part. Got that rad. Oh, the Artemis is so cool. I freaking want to make one. Um, oh, the Archimedes. So cool. Or yeah. yeah, not Artemis, Archimedes. Yeah. Um but I want I want to uh, also point out that he's also got the most Superman Boy Scout quality to him. He's very right. like, yeah. we've got to get in here and save everybody. What are we doing here? They, like, they specifically cast Patrick Wilson because he looked like he could have played Superman. Like, yeah. Yes. Plus, he gained Absolutely. some weight for this, which is important to the comic. The comic, he's, you know, they make a point that he's a little bit fat and has gotten soft over the years. And since they sort of disbanded and stopped being heroes. But, but my point, my you get my point, right? That yeah, the yeah. comic is fine. It tells all of these stories if fine. And then I feel like Zack Snyder came along and was like, hmm, I could also reference Batman and Robin. And I could, no, Zack Snyder, you mm. don't need to do that. Yeah, that's well. that's not genre. That, that, that's not like making a movie. That's genre deconstruction. I kind of like it. I'm, I kind of like it. From a comics perspective, they had that whole run here recently where um, 
the Watchmen are all tied up in stuff in the DC universe. Like there's a Batman crossover stuff with right. Yeah. They're kind of the Guardians of the Galaxy of the DC. A little, land. a little bit, and I kind of like it. Like I, I, I think yeah. it's been written really well. Now, the viewing public's not going to know that, and also that wasn't true in '09 or whenever this movie came out. There wasn't a is that right? Is this '09? Yeah, yeah. '09. Yeah. It was a hell of a year for movies like this. Kinds of right. movies like this, like Avatar and this and that that uh, Terminator movie we saw, and we're seeing a lot of 09 movies lately. Uh, District Nine, like all it's that because stuff. Because it's ten is ten years later. That's what we do. I guess so. But uh, and I love that year. Zombie Land came out that year. Yeah, it was a good year. 09 may I don't know. We'd have to do the math, but it's a pretty strong modern era year for popcorn movies. Maybe not for okay. really serious fare, but anyway. Uh, uh my uh, what was I going to say about that? Oh. I don't have a problem with it. I think people do that sneaky little fan servicey crap in movies all the time. Um, like yeah. Marvel movies are full of those things. It's, I sure. don't. I, I think it's okay. Uh, I, yes, Marvel movies are full of it. I'm saying this film is supposed to like is supposed to be struggling to get just enough of the book in place to make a coherent story in less than ten hours, and it. It spends time doing these other things. Yeah, that, but it didn't you know really I mean? spend like, any time. Just, like, it that, just was a tiny glance during the credit sequence. I wouldn't call that spending it, time. It, it takes my attention away from the film. And, like, I, I, I disliked it for that. It, okay. it I could see that. that. I could totally see that. Uh, it is uh, Zack Snyder's third theatrical film. Just to give you some, uh, what do you call it? Some uh, context. Context. Thank you. Uh, the first being so the Dawn of, Dawn of Dead remake, then 300. Oh, Dawn of the Dead, right. Yeah. Which we really need to see. It's great. I love it. Um, we need to get that on the show eventually at some point. It keeps coming in and out of streaming all the time, but it's never there very long. But anyway, <clears throat> then, and, and it's it must be weird for him to have these three movies in a row, which generally speaking are critically acclaimed and fans like, and this is rated okay across, you know, where you see movies being rated. 300 was, was a <laughs> Will you go to find hit. your ratings? But to, but to then but the, then end up you know having and I know Dunaway likes it, but Sucker Punch be your next thing. Whew, what a uh, stink bomb! Don't 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 skip the owls, man. The owls you need to you need to mention. He came yeah. oh, he I came out of Watchmen that. and yeah. made a movie about owls. Yeah, oh, the animated was it the one. Gooly, gooly, uh, was it the? It was Goony Goo Goo. <laughs> What what the F does that mean, Goonie Goo Goo? <laughs> Hold on, here it is. After this movie, he made an animated film called Legend of the Guardians, there it the is. Owls of Gahul. Yeah, there is it is. Go, go, oh, Owls of Gahul, yeah, Tony Twenty. I totally forgot about that. You're right. I think he owed someone like a blood debt. I don't understand how that <laughs> happened, but yeah, there it is. He did uh, Morrissey's Tomorrow a music video that's kind of cool mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah like way back in the day like 30 years ago well 90 i like when directors get their start doing music videos there's a lot uh, of them. yeah there's yeah, a, there's a, a uh, russ mulcahy no relation to the father on mash uh russ mulcahy <laughs> like was this amazing video director like hungry like the wolf was one of his he did all these these iconic music videos and then get all excited to see his first directorial debut and it's uh I think the long kiss good night mm-hmm. with Sam Jackson and uh, um, Gina Davis. Yeah, it's like oh no, my favorite right. of my favorite example of that is David Fincher. That dude was uh, oh David Fincher, great example, prolific yeah. video director for years and years and years. Did everybody from Rick Springfield on way back in the eighties? Let's see, what do you do? Celebrate youth, Bob till you drop songs. I don't even know the motels. 
um, mm. all the way up to more modern stuff. All the Steve Winwood stuff, Paul Abdul, straight up now. Tammy, you want to that that song? Uh, Madonna did Madonna videos and uh, Aerosmith, everybody. Yeah. And then suddenly he goes, oh, and what if I was one of the greatest filmmakers of our generation? <laughs> there he is. That's I, right. Uh, generally, though, you get Michael Bay, you get Spike Jones, you get McGee. Like, you, these are these are not, uh, you know, Academy Award winning uh, directors, right? Eh, I mean, I mean, they're impactful, even if they're not like uh, as much as we give a hard time to uh, Transformers guy, Michael Bay. That's his lineage Bay. as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're probably, we'd have to go dig all this up, but I'll bet there's I, some really good examples in there. I mean, maybe, maybe Fincher's the, maybe he's the rare offshoot. I, I don't know. Uh, one of them, one of them that got started with music videos is Antoine Fuqua. Mm. He's a, Love he's a movies. pretty good director. All, all things considered. Yeah. You want to, you want to see a good movie. You can watch that replacement killers there. That's a good movie. We saw that there here. Didn't we? Oh yeah. Okay. So I was mistaken. Ricochet is the one, uh, Russell Mulcahy did, but he did Highlander and Highlander two before that. So. He did. He did hey, start out pretty well. You can't argue with that. I and he's the dude that did the very first. But video I don't understand if there can only be one. How can they be a Highlander two? <laughs> I never that understood a, that. That is a very good question yeah. and one that I think we need to answer on a future film set yeah. by watching that that <laughs> shitty shitty movie. We really should. There should have only been one. How that, about that? That first yes. one's great. That second yes. one. Whew. The question that precedes all great film sacks. How bad could it be? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I don't think you guys are going to ask that ever again after Space Hunter. No. <laughs> uh, I will say this. The trivia on this thing was, this, the trivia on this thing was like out of control, but I found a few that I thought were interesting. Uh, they're just a miles of it. So if you want to go like IMDb and just dig through it, people listening, you'll, you'll enjoy yourselves. But uh, for example, all of the U.S. flags in the film have 51 stars. Because yes, it, because... North Vietnam, right? Yep, Vietnam became the 50, 51st state after we won the Vietnam War yeah, it was, it was by having a uh, Manhattan run around just vaporizing <laughs> people, just, just exploding them all. Yeah, yeah, with his dead face and his this thing. What a what a thing that would be, though. Just imagine. Yeah. Right? Jeez, I will yeah. always wonder why the conflict. There's any conflict? At, you know, like how could he not be talked into just solving all the problems you know like that the 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 book goes to pretty great lengths to make him aloof and i get it like that's the answer but it just makes me sad because like i want to see the movie based on the book where dr manhattan just goes around and solves all the problems in the world and then we don't have problems yeah if he'd have kept his his humanity that was there in the beginning that slowly dissipated the world would probably be problem free or at least it would it would feel problem free. It's just that he right. he's bored. This these it are did slowly dissipate, but we just we just weren't privy to it, right? Because right. It, it happened over time. He's just he's just bored. He's like, this isn't cool anymore. I'm like, my brain right. is in a cosmic I like, thing. I like my red planet more than I like your little blue planet. Yeah, I'm making a big crystalline freaking. Yeah, that was that's like the most fragile thing in the universe, apparently. <laughs> or either that or Spectre is the most. She's tough. Strongest dude. of everybody. What's her? What okay. would we say her equivalent is? We give her like a. Like what, Black Widow status? Oh sorta? yeah, Black Widow, absolutely. Because right. yeah. it's all karate and kicking and punching and stuff. Yeah. As far as powers go, yeah. yeah. You know some karate? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like none of neither of them had anything supernatural going on. I always love that the comic and the movie, they don't ever really explain Rorschach's mask. And they don't need to because it's just such badass whatever it is. Like it's fun. Yeah, just moving around and ink going left and right and 
just a great effect. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until this time that I watched it. I don't know if I realized it prior or if I just never noticed it, but I'm like, oh, he's a shape in the snow. I'm supposed to be trying to pick up something here, right? After mm-hmm. he yeah. exploded. Yeah, he's a, exactly and I'm a like, shock shape. Yeah. Yeah. So what do I feel at that point? I don't know. <laughs> it looks like a bunch of flowers. Or, yeah. uh... Right. <laughs> I mean, in snow, is there a worse place to explode a human body than this freaking white snow? That's oh why that's the, everything. Everything yes, was up on the way. ceiling where where bones and things are right. dangling down from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, it was such a it was a really smart thing on Moore's part, because I'm assuming I, I assume that's I can't remember the comic as well as I'd like to. And I can't remember if people exploded in that way. Or that fashion, or if this was a Zack Snyder. There was some thing. good bloody stuff in there. I think there but, may have I mean, been a Rorschach but, stain. But deciding, right, deciding to make Manhattan's murdering to be in that style, in that form and fashion, is uh, it, it eventually led to a satisfactory end. Yeah. Which was to see Rorschach as a shape. Yeah. My my was, first thought was, how does someone split like that? And then I went, oh no no right. no, this is a shape. I'm yeah. supposed to. Yeah. I'm supposed to see this, and I'm not supposed to know what the shape is. I'm supposed to interpret it myself. Like there's a little bit of genius right. in there, and I. And again, yeah. I think the comic probably informed all of that. But yeah, um, I could have. I could have uh, liked the mask to not shift around so rapidly. I needed it to stay in a shape long enough for me to go. Oh, that looks like an owl. Oh, that looks like a. <laughs> really? And yeah, you and the mask is moving. Just- you didn't want to be distracted, but man, that'd be a distraction. Yeah. yeah, but the mask is moving, 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 and I'm just like, oh, it just looks like a bunch of swirls. Like, you, you just want it to. We want the mask to knock it off every now and then. I, I don't know. I want Deadpool to come along in this movie and comment on everybody's everything. That's what I want, I'd, dude. I'd take that in any movie. Just let him walk around yeah, and do that. Right. But he, <laughs> but he. Uh, the thing I liked about that mask was that uh, it seemed like it was only moving fast, like you're describing when he was super pissed. And the thing is, he was super uh-huh, pissed a lot. Right. So if he wasn't right. so mad all the time, it probably would have slowed down. But it feels like when there was quieter times and he's just investigating something, it would more slowly churn. And then when you get really mad, it would go just like rushing around his face. And <laughs> I just thought that was a really cool way to interpret that because in the comic, it was just every every panel. It was just right. in a different place because it's not animated, right? Because right. you can't animate it. So, so right. we all assumed. I, I don't know. I remember when I read the comic. I remember just thinking it was mysterious and weird. Ooh, it's always in a different place. How weird! And this right. was it's like kind of one of those things where you look at it and then you look away and you look back and it's a different pattern, but you're not actually seeing it move. Kind right, of thing right. Comics. And I think yeah. they handled that pretty well, and it worked for me. I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't figure out as a, as a as a person who likes logos and designing logos. I couldn't decide if I liked his little signature logo thing going on. <laughs> mm. right, lowercase R. I get the lowercase R and the right. dots. Yeah, it, it's, like, it's, well, it's okay. no FedEx, but it's it's okay. You know. <laughs> I like that he's just a, at the end of the day, he's just this dirty, smelly wackadoo. Yeah, right. who's eating beans out of a can? Eating beans out of a can, <laughs> and they're just fine, or whatever he says. And then he's out in the cold. It's just fine. And then he's like, uh, you know, everything's just fine for him. They rip his mask off and everybody's like, oh, he stinks. I'm like, yeah, because he yeah, doesn't too. shower. He just lives in that coat. Uh, he's two, just two a, cans of beans. He's but his a, gloves are spotless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they kind of are. But he's just so ah, No, I think at one point he says, in my spotless gloves. <laughs> just one, I think in comics, he's got to be one of the greatest comic book characters ever made. Like if there's a list, I'm sure there's a list. He's got to be on it. He's so good, and movie or not, like that, just Rorschach as a as a as a concept is just such a neat, a neat thing. Freaking Alan Moore, I wish he wasn't such a pisser. I wish somebody could just sit down and talk to him more. Like get some better, get some good interviews. Forget about the movies, Alan. Just tell, let's just talk about your creations. I want to 
hear more. And instead, he's like, no, I'm growing this beard and I'm not leaving this cave. I'm a hermit now. I'm down with it. Let him be him. Let yeah, him be more. I know. So angry. Uh, so here's some other funny ones or fun ones here. Uh, we talked about that Batman Flutteramus poster uh, in the alley. But anyway, uh, Jackie Earl Haley was the only one of the main actors who was already familiar with the comic book. He was a big fan previous to this, and he actively campaigned for the part of Rorschach. I think that was brilliant. It's brilliant. Brilliant yeah. casting and lucky that he was pushing for it and all that stuff. I, I think he should be in more cool things. And he, maybe he is, and I'm just missing them. Um, but I like that something about that dude. Just looking at him and gives you the winners. Hey, uh, I, I found out that uh, two of my cousins went to high school with Jackie Earl Haley oh, no in way. Northridge, California. That's cool. Yeah. He would have been uh, doing some of the Bad News Bears things then. It must have been weird having a friend who was busy making a hit comedy movie series. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of the a lot of the actors in this film are from Canada, and that was that was fun to look for. Like, um, uh. What's his name? The okay, so so there's a quick scene where they bust into the bar. Uh, what's it called? Something Harry's in, mm. in the book. Anyway, they bust they bust into the bar and there's a guy there's a guy there who's a heavy that they're gonna interrogate. And you see him and you're like, Oh, it's that guy. I've seen him in a lot of movies. Like, for instance, he oh. was the mailroom guy in Elf. Whoa. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, so he's from Kamloops, British Columbia, the actor. Great. And I just like, I loved finding those things all over this movie. This movie is so Vancouver. I I love the fact that me and Ibbett can now add uh, add his character to our Love Boat podcast we're going to do because it's uh, an episode there. So Really? He was on Love Boat. Yeah. Yeah, It's a a two-parter, it looks like. Uh, 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 Night Owl Sr. is a Canadian as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Yeah, uh, we've seen him in a million things. He's that guy's uh-huh. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Of, uh, I'm. I'm sure that Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, Negan, is is now living in Canada. The guy seems to be in every show that's made in Vancouver. <laughs> well, he's in Georgia for uh, Walking Dead. Although, Walking is that, Dead. is he done there? I don't know what, what the deal is with Walking uh, Dead. No, right now. he's uh, still could be still could be appearing in that show. Okay. Interesting. No. I'm confused. Did you say that who was in Elf? Because that's not who I was thinking. So of. the guy in the mailroom in Elf, yeah, who who gives Will Ferrell some booze, and then they end yeah, up yeah, laying on yeah. their backs well, talking syrup. about the universe. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. That guy is in this movie in Watchmen, and he is from Kamloops, British Columbia. I don't, I don't remember his name, but I, I know what? that. I know, I know. Malin Ackerman is Canadian. That's that's another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one big difference between this and the 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 comic. Of all the Watchmen, well, okay, so in the comic book, nobody drops F-bombs. This just doesn't happen. It just never happens. Nobody ever uses the F in the comic. However, in the movie, everybody's cussing left and right, but of all the Watchmen, Rorschach and Dr. Manhattan are the only two that never do it. Yeah, and there are two, and there are two primary characters really. I and mean, we, we, spend our, we spend our little love story with with uh, with the Owl and 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 Laura, but we really it's about those two characters. Right? I think. I mean, I think it's about all of them. From their perspective. But, but but you're right. I mean, they're the most important two. They're they're the anchor points. I think for the movie and I and the fact that they have this confrontation at the end is is no mistake and all that. I think it's true in the comic as well. But the fact that they are also kind of the two weirdly they're the most pure 
of the su- of the superhero motifs everybody's kind of containing, they're kind of the purest. Like right. as much as there's good intentions on the Night Owl's part, it does kind of feel like a he's in his dad's footsteps, and b he's just sort of there. Like, well, I this is the right thing to do, right? Like, it's never he doesn't have yeah. a real reason. Like, Batman had a reason, Superman had reasons. Like, there's right. no reason for him, so he just is kind of floating yeah. around and. Well, I had well, a lot of money. I decided to make this cool ship and a, co- a bunch of costumes. Yeah, while Manhattan's choices and decisions and thinking affects e- the eternal nature of the universe, and Rorschach is is you know literally no compromises. Like he, if you kill a kid, he'll kill you. Like like he's just yeah, you know one one in a way it's it's a great way to just say superheroes are kind of nuts. They're, yeah, they're yeah, jacked yeah. up, and the ones that aren't jacked up are kind of lame. Like Night Owl's kind of lame, and on purpose, he's I, lame in the comic yeah. too. There's more to it in the comic, and yeah. you care about him more. But he's he's still the point is he's just sort of like, well, you got some cool gadgets and stuff, but you're kind of lame. He's so he's so generic, but I I loved Patrick Wilson in that role. Oh, he's because great. I, I love him. He he's just so likable. I just no, he's know, great, dude. He everything up, he's, he's so in, likable. I've never seen a thing I didn't like him in. I think he's awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the the what was the season, uh, season two of Fargo? He's fantastic in that. Yeah. yeah. Oh good. yeah. Yeah, he's really good. Anyway, I could have done without the old person face they strapped on to people like Carla Gugino. <laughs> oh, that, and hers was I think one of the bad. worst. Yeah, yeah like really like bad. silly putty uh, makeup. Yeah, it, it was, looked very much I, like. Uh, <laughs> let's, back to the Future, Mom. There, it looked very much like that. It was not right. Good. Yes. And, and the reason is because they didn't put it on people like Max Headroom. Mm-hmm. Max Headroom is is supposed to look like uh, he's of the older generation, and he just does. Mm-hmm. But like, why why do this thing to Carla Gugino? Why not just give her a little gray hair and be done with it? I don't Instead, know. I'm looking I'm looking at her fake wrinkles like always. Mm. Well, and I think there's also a a subtle like nod to just the hard life that she's kind of lived for herself with the drinking and the mm-hmm. um carousing yeah. or, or and the what you not. can you can do that with eye makeup you don't have to do this like old, the, the silly putty stuff they I were agree. they were really into the jowls they like to make the jowls and they really yes. went nuts with that nixon uh lookalike guy oh, and, yeah. every one of them yeah. Yeah. every one yeah. of them if if there is a real person that needs to be impersonated in this film they did it wrong every <laughs> right. one of them uh, i'm gonna I say am, i'm, I'm gonna say at this movie hold on i'm gonna say that the what's who is the secretary of state um Oh yeah, Henry Kissinger was horrible. He looked Uh, right. He sounded wrong, but I think he looked right. Ted Koppel was so bad in this movie. (laughs) I I didn't even know it was Ted Koppel. Yeah, I didn't either. The the comic makes it a lot lot more obvious, but it looked like Tim Blake Nelson with a bunch of real crap makeup on. I don't think it was Tim Blake (laughs) Nelson. No, uh, (laughs) it was a guy named Ron Fassler, but it's like you're spending $100 million to make a movie, and you can't go throw $15,000 at the, the best uh nixon impersonator that you can find like yeah. give me a freaking break he was, was a bad, bad nixon he had a really good fake nose other than that bad nixon not good nixon not the voice <laughs> was wrong nixon. it was not great i think the kissinger guy sounded wrong but looked okay everyone else just yeah that stuff was not good and it maybe that was on purpose it was discordant i found it to be kind of something's wrong with his face and it kind of works for me a little whereas the comic book is very straight up like oh yeah nixon wins three times by the way uh, this movie and Futurama have something in common. They are both convinced that Nixon goes on to be the president again <laughs> right. for a long time. <laughs> Second term and then a third term in this film. Yeah, which is pretty weird. But uh, 
yeah, my favorite. I just loved Big Figure. We talked about his uh, Kramer's buddy, uh, Ozzy Mandius, losing his accent in the end. He pulled a full like Princess Leia there at the end. Just let that English accent come right back in and forget that he sounded American. It just for the rest makes of the me movie. sound smarter. I guess I do like the fact that he's watching uh, Road Warrior on one of those TVs yeah. that he's sitting there. <laughs> oh yeah, and some and some pretty gnarly pornography oh, on the one porn corner. on the right side. Yeah, yeah was, really. I yeah. was still on the left hand side. Never made it to the right side. I was still looking at the the cartoons and things on the left. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tweety a, Bird uh, cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. There, everyone says there's a Rambo shot in there, but I never see it. There is. Yeah, Rambo First Blood Part Two. Apparently, according to the. Uh, the video and the music video for uh, Robert Palmer's "Addicted to Love." Oh, great! Because if you're going to watch one, that's the one to watch. It's the that's '80s. Right. He's the it's smartest 85. man in the world in 1985, right. and yeah, you can. <laughs> I will say this too, and I, I don't think it's that hard to do or whatever. But I felt like anytime anybody was out of costume or they were in crowds or whatever, it felt very '85 to me. Like everybody yeah. had the hair and mm-hmm. the the big yeah. dumb glasses that Patrick Wilson wore and all that. Like everybody, right. hey. everybody looked like they fit the part. It just paint me stupid for a minute because I still don't understand, and I'm trying to remember back to the comic if it, it if they if they teased it any. There's no time travel in this, despite the fact that everything about Doctor Manhattan is about time. Everything surrounding him is about clocks and watches and time. Yeah, but it's not traveling never, through it. He just and never and never once does he does he just like go. Oh, I can fix this. I'm just going to travel back in time because that's also right. one of my deals. No, I don't think he no, has that no. power. He doesn't, it's, he can't do that. No, he, he's, makes, he makes Laurie look, you know, see all of time as an instant. Yeah. Um, right. He has, Mars, a, but that's it. Yeah. he has a perception of things that are happening in the past or in the future, but we find out, you know, the big twist is that yes, perception can be manipulated. Mm, he can be, right. he can be fooled, you know? So even that isn't really time travel. Yeah. He can't go back in time and change anything or go forward in time and, whatever he just sees everything as like a as like a photograph you know, you know like right. a single shot like a photograph and that's and, the, and every and time i do a laugh i think the whole idea has always been the human you know the human condition is boring him because they can't see that so they're just interested in their moment to moment in fact the great the, the great shot is when he's narrating his own story and he's at the fair and he wins the stuffed bear mm-hmm. uh and hands it to the girl it's like this perfect example of a very human thing. There's these emotions. It's in the moment. You're not thinking about anything but other, ooh, I won, and that elation, and you're handing this thing off. That exchange couldn't be more not Dr. Manhattan in the future. When he becomes Big Blue Wiener Man, he has no... <laughs> that would mean nothing to him. It's just like a... It's just a puff of sand. It's nothing. So that kind of emotional exchange doesn't exist for him anymore. Instead, he sees these broad, huge, you know, visions of what the world and the universe are. And and the rest of us are just down here worried about paychecks and what I'm eating for lunch. And he doesn't care. He's just like, eh, whatever. You guys suck. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think he's a genius character. I love it. Yeah, I love, love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Uh, uh, clips. Clips? You guys want clips? Clips. clips. Sure. We should just clips. do clips. Right. You should at least play 30 <laughs> minutes worth of Rorschach uh, groveling. <laughs> His whole HRM yeah. thing from the comics. He's I'm gosh. glad they captured that. Yeah. They did. So they kind of did. It's yeah. a tricky thing because on the page that works and it's hard to translate. But yeah. How do you pronounce? <laughs> um, so I didn't actually, cr- I didn't clip a ton. I mean, there's a fair amount here, maybe 10 clips. But I think the reason was is. 
I was riveted. They, <laughs> I just sat yeah, there and watched. And they, and they get kind of wordy. There's 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 very few times where it's just like, okay, I can just clip, you know, five mm-hmm. seconds here. It's more like, oh, we're in it for a conversation, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. I found a couple of moments, but for the most part, yeah. And plus, I was just really into it. I really enjoyed this watching. but And I watched it really late, and usually I hate that, but I really enjoyed myself last night. All right. Here's Nixon. Yeah. He's he's kind of bad. So here's Nixon. So the consequences of attacking America outweigh the potential benefits. You don't sound like him. You sound like not, not at all. You sound like no, not you him. sound like an Englishman trying to sound like Nixon. Yeah. Get Rich Little. Rich Little probably he, he did I such mean, a good he, one. Obviously, he sounded like Richard Nixon. These days, he probably looks like in 2009, he probably looked like Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah. Is he still around? He, he could still, play half the roles. Yeah. yeah he's uh, got a residency at the uh, Tropicana. No, oh, of course he does. In Vegas. By the yeah. way. Uh, the actor is Robert Wisden. He is from East Sussex. Oh. Mm. Oh, so British. Wow. Getting rid of the British thing to do Reagan, or uh, do Nixon. Yeah. Uh, they'd save Reagan for Dark Knight for uh, the other. <laughs> well, you talked about Reagan yeah, a little bit. Exactly. Um, all right. Here's the other big con. See, there were two comic books that changed the world, I think, in the 80s. Watchmen and The Dark Knight. And they, if, you, if you're listening to me right now and you've not read either of those books, even if you don't think, well, I don't like comic books, they are transcendent. You should read both of them. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the, Re- the Reagan in that second book in Dark Knight is, I mean, you could just tell these these dudes, both uh, Alan Moore and uh, freaking the other guy who wrote uh, Dark Knight and 300 and all that. I can't oh, even Frank, Miller. Frank Miller. Frank Miller. Those guys were very much doing commentary of the politics of the day and the way he views Reagan is a lot like the way this guy views Nixon. It's just a very, it's a piece of the 80s that I think is is really interesting. So go check it out. All right, here's a, a Making War Obsolete. It doesn't take a political scientist to see that our Cold War with the Russians isn't ideological. It's based upon fear, fear of not having enough. But if we make resources infinite, oh, we make war obsolete. So he went all American early and then later went all British. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Interesting. Yeah. I wish you wouldn't have done that. Uh, I don't know what this is. Good evening, Rorschach. Dr. Manhattan. You know why I'm here? Yes. Okay. Welcome. This is my huge penis. Welcome. welcome <laughs> <laughs> don't trip over it. Yeah, no, just be careful. The wacky in the head. Uh, here's some of the comedian. Fireworks. You got to be kidding me. You know, you'd think this goddamn country had enough fireworks. You know, if we lost here in Vietnam, I think it might have driven us crazy. You know, as a country. But we didn't. Thanks to you. Yeah, there you go. Little mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mm-hmm. Pacing around with a bat with some uh, barbed wire on it. and uh, smoking, a, smoking a Nick Fury cigar. Yeah. Yeah. Telling his girlfriend on... Uh, on Grey's Anatomy, he loves her, and he's going to die soon. <laughs> um, all right. This is uh, Brian's girlfriend at prom <laughs> okay. after she, um, he says we should make out, and she says this. I am not sure if I know what that means. Yeah, it was a rough night. <laughs> okay, good. You know, in a movie where we've got the most awkward sex scene ever and uh, a rape scene on a pool table, I'm glad that that's where you went with yeah, that yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I... I <laughs> I steered clear of the uh, danger zone there. I would never do it to uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Not a chance. It's the least sexy song ever written. Especially the one by... There are versions of his... Performed by him. Yes. There are versions of that song that aren't him, that are covers that are 
perfect for a, your yeah. little sexy scene. But his version right. ugh, is awful. <laughs> well, I heard there was a secret for Right? It's like having some creepy old hobo whisper in your window. <laughs> right, exactly, yes. Really bad. All right, here's some good lines. Hey, it worked for Rebecca Day more time. Oh, that's true. It did, didn't it? I forgot yeah. about that. All right, here's some more lines. I don't know what these are. You see, at the time, I was misquoted. I never said the Superman exists and he is American. What I said was, God exists and he is American. Now, if you begin to feel an intense and crushing feeling of religious terror at the concept, don't be alarmed. That indicates only that you are still sane. There's something about all that sequence I even, loved. Mm. loved. Even it. the dialogue uses too much slow motion in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, ah. I hammer that trope alert. I want to talk about slow motion for a minute. All right, hold on. Where is it? Here it is. <laughs> I, want, I want it to be known. I freaking love slow motion. I am a 14-year-old that will forever dig it when my superheroes are walking across the street and they're all looking awesome because they're in slow motion. I actually see stuff like that and I'm like, I want I want to be in that. I want some people to follow me around someday when I go to the mall or whatever and get some slow motion shots of me that I can look back on because it's so freaking cool. Zack Snyder takes it one tick too far. Mm. Yeah, He uses uh, slow-mo like J.J. Abrams uses lens flare. Like yeah. every... When you when you got a shiny new hammer, everything in your life looks like a nail. I think you guys have forgotten about the Lord of Slow Motion, uh, John Woo, and I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think oh, Zack Snyder's again, quite there. But yeah, I love it. I love John Woo movies. I'm just saying, there's a point where I got tired watching Watchmen, and it, like I need you to hurry up and wrap it up. And we're watching the 85th slow motion sequence. You know, mm, disagree. I think that stuff was used to great effect. I enjoyed it. My yeah. favorite kind of slow-mo is the most tropey thing ever, though. It's it's a shot of your main characters walking forward toward the camera with a yeah. lot of bokeh in the rear, all in slow motion. Uh, take it from Tombstone. Take it from Reservoir Dogs. Take it from any... There's a million movies that do this where your crew is... Uh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, probably the We're Avengers coming twice. to the scene. Here yeah, we go. I love that. It's the oldest trope in the book, but I love it. Yeah. Right. The, the one thing that I did realize that I am starting to tire of uh, is is superhero posturing, uh, especially when they land someplace and they feel like they have to do strike the pose of uh, of a superhero landing somewhere. I just it, it's starting to get a little bit bothersome for me. Well, let's see. How do they do it now? Like. um I'm trying to think. Uh, Iron Man lands on his knee, one knee, fist down. Yeah, and you got mm-hmm. fist, fist down. down you got to throw your down. other arm out in a, at an angle. I get it because it's very much inspired from the comics, which they do all the time. Right. But and Doctor film, Strange, Doctor Strange translocates himself, mm-hmm. and when right. he reappears, he's got his arms out as though he's holding two invisible shields, and he's <laughs> right. looking at back over one of his shoulders yeah <laughs> that's like, a really cool I, I style know. though I've, when he pops in he's wearing the suit and he pops into that hallway it's cool yeah, looking but it's cool i'm just saying if you translocated me right now you'd find me in the fetal position wherever i land you'd <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be doing what uh what what uh yes, Lori uh, does when she starts Lori. puking in the toilet immediately also yeah. didn't understand why everybody in that place at the at the news conference was accusing him of giving everybody cancer but they all oh, that was 
they all Great. wouldn't stay. They, they're all hanging around him still and getting all close. I'm like, dude, no, if he's giving right. you cancer, get the H out of there. Like he's radiating you know, now. Kind of a chick in the bucket too. What, where did he send all those people? Did they just end right. up back so, in their homes? So we didn't, or? right. Well, we didn't see that in the Netflix version because they just, the, his transition is straight to Mars uh, in the yeah. extended edition. I think you, you do see he, he blasts oh. everybody else away. And oh, then, yeah. Okay. That is an extended yeah. version. Oh, yeah. see, everybody's gone. And then he's, you know, he decides, oh, all right. Well, I guess I'm heading out too. See ya. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I should have seen it. I've not seen himself it. So, wait, did he though. kill everybody or take them? No, to no. He, the, he, he blasts them away. Oh. Yeah, they, they teleport out. You don't see any blood or anything, but you don't know where they ended up. Okay. And it's right. and it's a moment of anger where he's kind of out of control. So he could have just like vapor. They're all down. At, yeah, they're all down at the Starbucks. <laughs> they're, all, they're all in Antarctica he's going. Not, he's not, oh. he's not evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked um, I liked that whole scene. And uh, the other chick in the bucket, I think, is the the reporter that was always up his butt constantly. Where did yeah. he end up? Oh, yeah. Like that was the yeah. last time we saw that guy and he was everywhere. That, he was one of the ones that got teleported out. Wasn't that wasn't well, that the yeah, yeah. the pseudo Ted Koppel? Oh yeah. no, the pseudo Ted Koppel was on TV. No, he was no, it was the it was the uh it was the it was the guy like uh who was always following the Hulk around. Okay, yeah, it was then. Yeah. yeah, okay, that was the guy. That's the guy <laughs> that looked like Tim Blake Nelson with uh silly petty on his face. <laughs> right. The guy that's yeah. always following the Hulk around. I love that. Right, yeah. Because yeah. 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 it's so true. I love that. <laughs> This reporter that apparently has no jurisdiction and doesn't have to like, stay near his home newspaper or his home TV. Uh, I'm just going to travel the country. Yeah. Investigated. I love that. And he didn't like, it's true, he did not like uh, David Banner when he was angry. No. No, he, did no, he didn't, turns out. All right, here's uh, here's something I say every morning. I am tired of her. Okay, there's that. I'm tired of her. <laughs> then you got the, uh, this. I'm also this. I'm tired of being caught. Okay, great. I'm tired of being caught. <laughs> <laughs> Again, another thing I think Manhattan was incredibly well realized here. Uh, a Crudup's a great actor, has all the right everything. The mocap worked really well. All that stuff looked good, even in 09 standards. But also, I think his voice is exactly what the character needed. It's not mm-hmm. this yeah. booming, deep. Uh, Hello, I'm here to save the universe. Kind of thing. voice. Yeah, yeah. it's just right, this. No. Yeah. So anyway. I'm bored. Meh. Like, that's a great thing. Great yeah. take. I love it. That's exactly how I picture it in the comic, by the way. And that's why I think that worked for me. Anyway, here's a, here's a little bit of the politics for you. Wow. Free is just another word for socialist. Oh, geez. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. Socialist. Oh, and Lee Iacocca taking a bullet right through the eye. That was rough. Oh, you that see was that? nice. That yeah. was nice. He didn't look like Lee Iacocca at all, but. Not even nope. a bit. Yeah. But they called him that. Um. All right. Here's a scream. All right, and then that was him getting his hands cut off in prison, so that worked out pretty good for him. Here's another great line. What do you seem to understand? I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Classic. I like that. That, that, that best line of the film for yeah, sure. It's yeah. really good. And I guess I was wrong. I it was after the movie poster. It was after he dumped the hot fryer on the guy, not the right. Uh, yes. <laughs> Jeez. What a oh, bu- what a bummer deal that was. Go. Oh my god. Yeah. You not only die from not your even burns. Go. Yeah, exactly. Just scarred and maimed forever. Yeah, forever. well, he ended up dying, but he not only oh, died, my. he died slowly and in pain, but also probably smelled like old french fries and fish sticks when he died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, that was... Boy, talk about like the, uh, the, the real straw that broke the camel's back. Right, oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> it smelled like Mrs. Paul's. Yeah. I, was, I was hoping he'd come back as no face, but 
this didn't happen. Wasn't <laughs> wasn't the whole re- the whole uprising in the prison because was because he died, Cause he right? Died. Yeah. yeah. All right, here's uh, a riot. Wait, what's this? Sorry, do that. Okay, final line. You heard it at the top of the show. Here it is. I'm gonna tear this guy a new hole. 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 Sound like a wrestler. I don't understand how the the movie was chock full of cursing, but we couldn't put the word ass on the word <laughs> hole for some reason. Yeah, it was weird. But uh, there's your movie. That was, that was a great b- bunch of clips there. Hey, how about we play this button right here now? How about this? Why it's the film sack checklist. Give me high hopes for a TV show. Check. Uh, hallelujah. That sex scene is the art in the, in the owl head is over. Finally check. And finally Mars glass is super breakable. Check. Uh, she said to punch it. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I do like how he's just like, no, I'll put a bubble up. We won't die here. And I don't care. Cause I was just screwing around and was right. Like, it was just something I was working on. Yeah. It's no big deal. I was bored. Desk toy. Yeah. It's like a kid drawing in the sand. Big deal. Fidget spin, ginormous Mars fidget spinner. Yeah. <laughs> Well, kind of a sharp one. Anyway, I, I love how that's like an equivalent to like the. It's almost like poking fun at Superman's Fortress yeah, of Solitude. Yeah, it was. It was a reference to Superman's Crystal Palace. Yeah, I love that. It's really good. All right, Trek connections. We got some here. Stephen McHattie. Ah, Stephen McHattie. He was Hollis right. Mason in DS Nine. He played the Romulan Senator Vernak in the episode "In the Pale Moonlight." His, uh, his line, "It's a, it's a fake," has become a popular quote. <laughs> Uh, Enterprise. He was also, he yeah. was also by the way, uh, Lane Bennis's boyfriend on Seinfeld, the Svenjali. Oh, right. He's oh, the one that would really? sit. The manipulative psychiatrist boyfriend. You yeah. go, yeah. tell me, Elaine, why why do you feel this way? And they, they, <laughs> He's a Svenjali. Yeah, and they ended up getting, uh, Kramer came in and like kept making fart noises in the chair when he was talking to him. <laughs> right. It's a great yes. episode. All right. That's awesome. Uh, so we got two Seinfeld connections yeah, tonight. Lots of, you know what? Let's just start doing Seinfeld connections. Forget the rest of this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. Bye. Goodbye. Uh, Enterprise, he played an alien foreman in the episode The Zindi, and Rob LaBelle, who played Wally Weaver in this, uh, in Voyager, played a, he played a Talaxian prisoner in the episode Faces, uh, a couple other small episodes Could there well. be a more comic name, too, by the way? Wally, Wally Weaver. Weaver. Oh, well, totally, yeah. By the way, did, uh, didn't even mention it. Wouldn't it be great to see more of the Hooded Justice? Yes. Yes. I yes. Wanted to see the that, that was the character I was most like, oh, I want more of this guy. What's his deal? Yeah. Beating the shit out of the comedian. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad someone did. Uh, Matt Frewer, he was Moloch in TNG, played Berlinghoff Rasmussen in the episode of Matter of Time. And then Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who played Edward Blake slash the comedian in Enterprise, played the Zindi reptilian Damron in the episode... Mm-hmm. Carpenter Street. I did not know that uh, Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan was ever in Star Trek. That's cool. No, I didn't either. Hmm. Was he was he heavily makeuped? Uh, I'm sure. Yes. If he was reptilian, I assume so. Yeah. Mm. And then finally, Frank Novak. He was Henry Kissinger, and DS9 played an alien businessman in the episode Babel. Businessman. Businessman. Because <laughs> DS9 had businessmen all the time coming through the station. That's right. <laughs> Uh, soundtrack grade, I'm going to give it a G-U-O-L for great use of licenses. Those are my mm-hmm, favorite bits. Mm-hmm, Lots of great mm-hmm. 60s and then 80s music. Yeah, and then, Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel at the funeral. And yep. uh, times they are a-changing in the beginning. Yep. Later on, you got some cool 80s business when he was uh, walking through Ozzy's uh, oh, fortress. Yeah. There oh. was some stuff in the background. Uh, you get uh, 99 Red Balloons by Nina. Really good. Yes. Really that too. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh all right. Well, that's all well and good, except we need to do the Twitter post. This is where in 280 characters or less, you guys sum this film up. 
Let's start with Randy. Watchmen. Hours and hours and hours of really good-looking people in costume and out of costume, and this one guy with an absolute unit who just walks around naked the entire time. Saturday Night Epitaph. Yeah! (laughs) Absolute unit. I like it. Absolute unit. Also, Brian Dunaway. Watchmen, like gunning down your Vietnamese baby mama in a dive bar while hanging with your blue man group groupie friend. This movie has layers. Hashtag human bean juice. Did you say Vietnamese? Did you say that? I think Vietnamese. That's how I spelled it, and that's the way I said it. So deal with it. Yeah, I'm from the American South. That's how we say Viet. Viet man. Human bean juice. Uh, Let's move now finally to Brian Ibbett. Watchmen, a three-hour movie that would have been 18 minutes long if they showed it in regular motion. (laughs) (laughs) Was it over already? Oh, yeah. That was fast. Weird. <laughs> well, all right. Nice job, everybody. Uh, this was just handed to me. Come on, well, that's not the right thing. Hold on. <laughs> that was great. How the hell did Good I get morning, there? Crawlers. Sorry. Here we go. I was just handed this. Uh, <laughs> these alternate titles. I don't know how that happened. That was my thing's glitchy. Um, these are the titles it almost was. First one was almost called My Blue Heaven, or wow. or. Blues Clues. They just about called it Blues Clues. Blues Clues, sure. Yeah. She was out. He's out on Mars getting clues. You know. Who? Yeah. But we just got a letter. We just got a letter. <laughs> Here's my ween. It's always seen. Makes me want to grab ball peen. <laughs> when it comes, I want to scream. All right. Ween. At least two of us in this room raised our children during the blues clues oh, high yeah. point <laughs> that's right make that three okay yeah. good because we all know these songs like back of our head oh my gosh that we just got a letter thing is burned into my skull yeah. carter loved that show oh my gosh the only other thing that is burned so indelibly into my mind has got to be a uh, swiper no swiping mm-hmm. swiper no oh, swiping I thought you were gonna say swiper no swiping. Those, mm. thought you were gonna say barney oh my god no barney no. was barney would have been taylor's no. thing for sure yeah. But I don't remember like catchphrases and things. It was mostly just like, I love you guys. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. You love me? Yeah. I love you. You love me. <laughs> I'm a shitty puppetry. Anyway. Purple. There you go. <laughs> um, it, it rhymed, this costume but, smells like pee. <laughs> this costume smells like pee. You guys ever <laughs> seen that? Isn't there a video floating around of him freaking out because there's a fire with their air vent thing inside of the suit and he's like... <laughs> F bombing and freaking out and scaring kids. So oh, I'll have to look for that somewhere. Oh somewhere. my god, we should do like a live sack of like either Teletubbies or an episode of. <laughs> I would love party. to do a live sack of like, Teletubbies. Yeah. I would do it. How hilarious would that be? I would do it. Bring drinks and things. Like get for me. Uh, for me, I would want to watch Dora the Explorer because I it's just so bad. Yeah, backpack, backpack. Oh my lord! But I think I think uh, they might would be yeah it might aggressively uh, is that is it streaming? I think it is. On oh Netflix. yeah, you can get any of this stuff now. Like, animated kids crap everywhere, everywhere. Animated kids crap. <laughs> animated kids crap. Next on Cartoon on Fox. Um, <laughs> all right, the we've got an email from a listener. Uh, this person's name is Etienne. I think. Etienne. Etienne. Oh, Etienne. Etienne. Probably Etienne. Yeah, the from Montreal. Says this, hey guys, hear me out. Einstein, Copernicus, Darwin, Dr. Fraser Crane, other smart guys, all plucked from history to solve global warming, a dirty dozen angry men of the year 2012. Love the show. You're all a couple of beauties. 
Which is a weird. I like that thing. idea. Make it, make it happen. I think I'll he's watch t- it. He wants a dirty dozen with all the smart people from history. I just wanted to put one thing out here That'd though. Be great. Einstein, Copernicus, and Darwin, real people. Doctor Fraser Crane, not. He's not real. <laughs> but he's super smart. Yeah, he's not real. No, but what about? Uh, I mean, didn't we have uh, uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen included like Frankenstein at one point or something? Didn't it? Like it was. Uh, oh, it was it? a mix of. I didn't know that. <laughs> Have or, you ever, have we ever done that? We that, need to do that movie. Am I confusing that and that um, that uh, horror Showtime series where Frankenstein and uh, the picture of Dorian Gray and like all these? Oh, uh, uh, together. Penny Marshall. No, Penny. Penny. Penny Dreadful. Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Uh, yeah. Penny Dreadful. <laughs> Penny Marshall. I'm not sure, now you've got me Penny all. Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, uh, Penny Marshall, rest in peace. She was awesome. Yeah, shouldn't have yeah. died. That's dumb. People like her. Oh, by the way, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Alan Moore. Yeah, that's another Alan Moore book. And that is a, by all accounts, a terrible film, but I've never seen it and I would like to. What? It's it's the last thing Connery did. Connery says, I'm out. He did that and then said, I'm leaving. That's it. I'm done. So we should watch it. Let's do it for the show. I want to see it again. I haven't seen it in a while. I would would be totally done with that. Uh, If you want to be like at the end and send your own emails in, you can. Filmsack at gmail.com. Our next film will be what? Randall Jordan. That would be. Logan's Run. Oh, that's a short oh, movie. Logan's Run. Yes. We're, we're going to watch the Michael Anderson film starring Michael York, R- Richard Jordan, and Farrah Fawcett in the 23rd century. Farrah Fawcett in there for about eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's barely so don't in Don't get it. your hopes up. Yeah. It's a little like yeah. uh, she's the Steven Seagal in uh, Executive Decision. She's just barely in there. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, oh, I am so excited to watch that. I am too. This oh, feels yeah, like too. an eternity wanting. I think I feel like for ten years now we've been wanting to do this one. So yeah. it's yeah. finally here. I'm watching the Blu-ray too. I'm watching the. I'm watching. Oh, you got nice. the Blu-ray? I do. He's the Blu-ray. Oh, everything. even I don't have the Blu-ray. Nerd. Nerd. Yeah, I'm gonna watch the hyper Blu-ray then. <laughs> Isn't Isn't there a... I'm gonna watch the UHD. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. the? Uh, what's the new? Is Blu-ray? Is four, it 4K four, Blu-ray? 4K, 4K, 4K UHD. 4K UHD is the is the hottest. Yeah. Which is funny because I have the 4K version of uh, Watchmen, mm-hmm. and I was pulling it out. I popped it into my PlayStation 4. I don't have anything that can play 4K. I don't know why I got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the reason why I got an Xbox One. Well, you could get a Pro. That would play 4K. You could get a PlayStation oh, Pro. No, no, it will not. A Pro will not play the 4K disc. Oh, really? Yes, it will. Yes. Won't it? No, it will not. You Hold have on. to. You have. It will not play the disc directly. You have to rip it. That's the reason why I got a Pro. And I, when I got it home, I found out it was almost took it back. But no, you can you can rip it, but you cannot play the disc directly from a Blu-ray. Here, okay. hold on. It says right here. I'm telling you, I've owned one for almost a year and a half now. I'm telling you. If uh, I could do you it, know what? You're right. You it. can play UHD Blu-ray movies on a PS4 Pro, but you can't do it off the disc. You're right. Nope. The you device have to is... rip it. And if you, good luck ripping a 40 gig disc and trying to... Yeah, that's that. a nightmare. You rip it on your computer and then move it over there? It's a, yeah. That's a nightmare. Oh, screw that. Yeah, why would yeah, you do that? Screw that. Screw that. Well, wow, the Xbox... Well, it did come with the digital version, so I did get that. <laughs> so all also, on the Xbox Logan's one. Run. Wait, Xbox Logan's One. Run. Run. On I need to get. Sack. I need some clarity on this though. Xbox One X. That's the one that has the drive. X. Xbox One S or X will both. Okay, play the S or the X have the drive. Okay, all right, both interesting. Them, them, yeah. All right, I consider an S. Sorry, Randy. Next week it's the Logan's Run. It's good to run. Yeah. They say in that movie. Uh, <laughs> been a very long time. I saw. I saw. There's a TV pilot that was made for this. Sh- for that, based on that, it's terrible. And and me and uh, uh, Tom Merritt did it once for mm, for autopilot. Right, right. 
but I, I, and I've seen the movie, but it's been so long. I have no idea. I have no memory. So this is going to be great. I'm very excited about this. Logan's run, everybody. Logan's cool. run. Oh, you've never seen the movie? Is no, I, I have. It's just been ages. It's just been it's forever. Just been, okay, cool. Yeah, like since, oh, geez, probably. The, I haven't, I haven't watched it since I was heavy into watching a book of Rogers in the 25th Perfect. century. I was yeah. probably a teenager. I was probably like 17 right. or 18 that I last saw it. So it's really been a long, long time. And uh, mm-hmm. very excited to see it. So we'll do that next week right here at FilmSack. You may have noticed also, listeners, that the show has been going up on Saturdays after we record instead of Sundays. I realize there's just no point to me waiting. I don't know why I wait. I'm just going to... Every other show in the week, I put up as soon as I'm done. Well, now I'm doing that with this. So you'll get it in like an hour from when we're recording this. So... Uh, ooh, it'll be so hot and toasty. Just, ooh, you'll love it. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. I... uh I, I have just realized I've not seen Logan's run, and mm-hmm. I just realized it does not star John Schneider. I th- always thought it did. Oh, oh really? definitely not John Schneider. No. John Schneider? Uh, Luke Duke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always thought that. I can uh, see that. <laughs> apparently, I am confusing it with a movie called Eddie Macon's Run. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> nice. At least you didn't confuse it. At least you didn't think it was an animated film by the Walson Gromit guy. Yeah. You could have done that. There you go. Uh, So that's next week right here at FilmSack. A quick shout out to Chad in South Carolina. He interviewed me and Ibit Ibit a while ago and then me yesterday. Oh, really? And he just said the nicest things about Mm. FilmSack yesterday in our interview that I just wanted to give him a shout out uh, today. So uh, thanks, Chad. That was nice. Apparently, apparently we all come off as super good at this show to other people. Uh, Yeah, it's all it's all smoke and mirrors. That's what I thought to say. Um, It's all bullshit. But uh, we're happy you feel that way. And uh, but thanks. No, that was really nice of him to say that. And I just wanted to give him a little shout out. So thank you, Chad. Uh, Filmsack.com is our website. You can find it by just going to the damned internet and putting it in. <laughs> Filmsack.com. And you can also leave your comments there. You can find all our old episodes. You can find all kinds of stuff, including our email address, filmsack at gmail.com. You can even leave us voicemails. I'm starting to take these again for all the shows. So if you want to leave a voicemail, we'll play it on the show if it's short and easy and makes sense. 801-471-0462. That's 801-471-0462. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at FilmSack. Leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for us. For me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. New hole! <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I'm tired of being caught.